and welcome to the broadcast. I am Jeff Shreve, pastor at First Baptist Church, Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight on American Family Radio at 6 p.m. Central Time. I'm filling in this week for Dan Celia. Dan is uh, dealing with some uh, physical issues with pneumonia. We want to pray for God's hand of healing to be upon him. And so it's a privilege to be here today to to get to visit with you. I wanted to read to you from 2 Timothy chapter 3. The scripture says this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, um, I lost my place, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power and avoid such men as these. This is the world we live in today. It's filled, we're living in the last days, and it's filled with these difficult situations and difficult times and difficult people. And in the midst of that, God has called us as his children to raise godly children. It says in Ephesians 6, 4, and fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's a command to fathers and to mothers because we do that together as mom and dad. And it's not an easy gig to raise up children today. And so we want to talk about parenting in this time. And I am very uh, pleased to have on the broadcast this morning. Uh, she is uh, calling in in just a moment, but Pam Tebow. Bob and Pam Tebow have been friends for years, and uh, they uh, they have a great ministry and have done a great job raising their children, five children, and the, the one that all of us know, Tim Tebow, God has used him in such a great way over the years to make an impact for Christ, and so she is with us today, and um, or going to be with us today. So that's going to be a special, special treat. I wanted to read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 6. The scripture says, very familiar verse to the Jews, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Jesus said that is the greatest commandment. And these words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. So this is a, a great passage of scripture that teaches us how to, uh, how to uh, raise up our kids and how to um, teach them just not in formal times, but in informal times. And so uh, that is something that is so very important, and that's for moms and for dads to be able to do that with their kids and to just say, hey, every time is an opportunity 
uh, to teach my children. And it's not just Sunday morning at nine o'clock or something like that. It's all the time is an opportunity for us to, uh, to train them up and teach them the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we are going to be uh, sharing. Uh, Pam is having trouble. She's texting me right now. She's having trouble. Uh, so uh, we will uh, try and get her on the line. But um, it's, uh, it's wonderful when you're... Your guest comes on and there are no difficulties, but with technology, uh, there can be difficulties. So um, we will just push through and hopefully she'll be able to come um, and get on the line and we will uh, we will move on from there. So uh, let me just say, as we talk about this issue of parenting, um, that it's not an easy gig. Uh, James Dobson was the one who said, parenting is not for cowards. And that is so true. He wrote that book. And anybody that has has taken up the challenge of being a good and godly parent has uh, experienced the, the difficulty of, okay, how do I do this? Because parenting is 24-7. And parenting is, uh, it's just something that uh, is constantly uh, challenging our patience, it challenges our energy. My middle daughter, Amy, recently had a baby, little Jack is seven months old, and uh, she resigned her job when she had Jack, and uh, so she just teases, she says, now I have a new boss, and uh, little Jack, my new boss, is so demanding. And he, uh, you know, he doesn't care if I'm tired. He doesn't care if I'm sick. Uh, it's all about him. And that is the issue when we have children. It's, uh, it's a challenge against selfishness, and it's a challenge for us to, uh, to keep pushing forward. And so um, Bob and Pam Tebow have done such a great job in, uh, in raising their children. And so we are trying to get her on the line and so hopefully we'll be able to do that, and she can talk to us about what she and Bob did that was uh, was uh, very effective in raising their children. All right. Pam, are you with us? I am. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful, because I was uh, starting to panic that uh, I was, <laughs> was going to have to talk for an hour, and... Uh, so that was going to be difficult. Thanks well, so much I'm for happy being. Happy to join you. There was a little glitch, I think, but we we solved it. It it might be called spiritual warfare, but you know about that. <laughs> yeah, it for also sure. happens when we try to raise our kids, doesn't it? It does. It does. And I was just uh, telling our listeners that you and Bob, obviously, uh, you know, you've said yourselves that you're not perfect parents, but you did a lot of great things in raising good and godly kids. You homeschooled all your children, which is a major challenge all by itself. And that was before homeschooling was really a thing. And uh, so tell us a little bit about that. What did you and Bob do that was so effective? Oh, my goodness. Well, I never thought that I would homeschool, but uh, my husband had this brilliant idea that we needed to homeschool before homeschool was even a word. And I thought that if I submitted to him that God would surely change his mind. 
But after 25 years, I finally retired from homeschooling. But <laughs> I was so grateful that um, the Lord allowed us to have that time with our children. That He knew that we would move to the mission field, and we would have to homeschool them there. So he gave us some preparation for a few years before we moved to the mission field. But I think homeschooling gave me the time to really invest and uh, just concentrate and focus on rearing my kids in a way that the Lord would uh, be pleased. And that wasn't easy. You know, we just talked about spiritual warfare, and there's lots of that. But, you know, I needed to to just come to him. And I think what it did for me was cause me to seek the Lord in a very new and fresh way that I had not done before because I was responsible for these five kids. And I'm so grateful that I had that pressure because we all grew in the process. And I think the the key for us was um, God's Word because we didn't really have a you know, a how to raise kids manual. You know, I read all the books that were at that time. But um, I think that the best, you know, our, our best resources is best resources, the Word of God. So that was what my husband uh, encouraged us to do as a family. And I think that only heaven will tell the impact that that has had. So that really has been our focus is God's Word. Amen. Well, y'all have done a great job, Pam, and it's been my privilege to get to know you and Bob and just to uh, to see how you love one another and how you love your children. So we'll be talking more about that right after the break. Please don't go away. Our real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy to manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. 
Today's Issues, offering understanding and encouragement to those of you who may be worried. Let me remind you that our God reigns. AFA President Tim Wildman is joined by a host of godly voices to help make sense of the news of the day. Once they take the word experimental off of it, I might feel better about it. It's only a few outlets like you at American Family Radio that are bothering to report it. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. And welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Pastor Jeff Shree filling in for Dan this week. And uh, I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. We're talking about parenting, parenting in a very difficult period of time. And my special guest is the lovely and wonderful Pam Tebow. Pam, I'm so glad that you are with us. Now, I was... uh, doing a little research on your life, and I found out some things I didn't know, and that is that your dad was an Army colonel, and you moved all over the place when you were growing up. So tell me about that experience. Well, it was an adventure, and um, unfortunately, when we moved to all those different places where my dad um, was stationed, had a command, um, we never went to church. And so I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and I didn't have a church background. And, you know, I did not want that to be the case for my kids. You know, I um, I think I compared our Heavenly Father to my earthly father, that he loved me when I performed well. And I realized, it took me years to realize that isn't the case, that God loves us just the way we are. And I, his love really changed me when I learned what that meant. And I wanted my children to understand about that love, that it's unconditional and that God loves us when we blow it, when we make mistakes, uh, when we obey him, when we disobey him. His love is is real. And uh, like I said, it isn't conditional. It's not based on what we do. It's based on who he is. So I think I uh, I learned a lot Maybe not the way that you would want to, but the Lord did teach me by contrast, you know, how I wanted to be uh, with my children, that I wanted to love them unconditionally, and I wanted to teach them that's how God loves them, too. Amen. So when did you come to know Christ, Pam? Well, actually, I did come to know Christ at 12. Um, I was my dad was stationed in uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, and we were in, in this little army depot, and we were, I don't know how far away we were from church, but I was 12 years old, and I took my 8-year-old sister, and we walked to church. And at that little church, thank heavens, that there was a visiting evangelist, and he shared the gospel. And I, I don't know that I understood everything, but I knew that I wanted to ask Jesus to be my Savior. And so I did. When they gave us an opportunity to pray and ask Christ to be our Savior, I did pray that prayer. And I, I then I walked home. So I didn't grow very much. I didn't learn a lot. My parents didn't let me go back to that church. But it made such a difference in my life because I feel like God protected me, protected me through high school. And then as I um, went to the University of Florida, that was a pretty big college. And uh, yeah. I went at 17. So that was challenging too. But the Lord protected me because I did know Jesus. Even though I didn't know a lot, I knew him as my Savior and that he protected me from so many things that I could have been involved in. 
Amen. Now you met you met Bob in college, right? I did. I did. I um, he started a group um, at our university called um, Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now Crew. And so my sophomore year in college, I can remember um, being so flustered because I, I I knew Jesus, but I didn't know how to grow in Him and. Um, there were so many pressures in college and, you know, so many bright lights, you know, asking for attention that I didn't really want to give them attention. And so I um, I remember getting down on my knees and praying in the shorty house where I lived. And um, a few minutes later, I asked God for help because I couldn't change myself. I needed him to change me. And a few minutes later, two girls knocked on my door and they invited me to that Campus Crusade or College Life meeting. And I went, and, you know, that changed everything for me, because the first time in my life I really heard God's Word being taught, and I made Christian friends, and then I went back um, to the sorority house where I lived, and I started a Bible study group with those girls, and I learned a little bit every week, and then came back and taught it to them, and we grew. So I don't think I was ever the same after that. You know, as we get into God's Word and we learn more about um, the Lord Jesus, I think we, you know, he, he gives us the opportunity to walk with him and talk to him and fellowship with him. And, and we change, he changes us for good. Amen. So when you met Bob, was it an instant attraction? <laughs> no, I thought he was a religious fanatic. He was, he was advertising for a group on our campus and, um, a Christian group coming to, um, to the University of Florida. And, uh, I thought, oh my goodness, who is this person? And so, and we've been married, um, almost 50 years. So yes. a long time. Well, uh, my daughter, Amy went on a mission trip with Bob uh, to the Philippines, I think in 2011 it was, mm. and that's how we got to know you guys. And uh, Pam, you've been to First Baptist Texarkana to speak on a couple of different occasions and uh, did mm. such a, a tremendous job encouraging women. And one of the things I love that uh, that you said to the women was, how do you impart the Word of God to your children. So, you know, because mm-hmm. kids memorize really well. Adults have a harder time memorizing, but kids can memorize. So share a little bit about that. How did you do that with your kids? Well, my husband was really the one that um, felt like when we moved to the Philippines, well, actually, before we left, we were reading a Psalm and a Proverb every day. He felt like we needed to engraft the word in our kids, and the best way to do it is to read to them. And then I was burdened that they learned different verses. And I feel like, um, as my daughter said one time, she was asked, you know, what, what, what's the most important thing that you learned growing up in your home? And she said it was engrafting the word of God because it gave her a filter, it gave her a grid to filter everything through. She could filter in truth. She could filter out era. So I really wanted to give my kids that grid. So we not only read the Psalms and the Proverbs every day at breakfast, we in, we encouraged, we not only encouraged, we bribed. I so to, you know, bribery isn't always bad. <laughs> they had to learn scripture. And when they uh, memorized scripture, they would get daddy's dollars, which would allow them to do, you know, special things. But um, so they were all in the process of memorizing scripture because we wanted them, when they left our home, 
to have God's Word engrafted in their heart and in their lives so that long after we are parenting them, that God would still give them the wisdom and the grace to be able to um, go through life and honor Him and be the person that He wants them to be. So we really wanted to prepare kids for a significant life, you know, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. So when they're young... Um, they're so impressionable, and that's the time to really begin, I think, to teaching them the Word of God and to have them and graft the Word of God into their lives. And little kids, like you said, they can they can memorize, they can learn, their minds are so young and fresh. And so uh, we did a lot of Scripture memory and gave them Daddy's dollars in the process. So um, <laughs> it's, it's funny that, um, you know, that we, we said Daddy's dollars, but, you know, I don't think that there's any dollar amount or any treasure um, that can compare with having the Word of God in your life and having, you know, the Holy Spirit of God just take out that Word exactly when you need it, either to convict you, to encourage you, to prompt you, to do whatever is needed as you walk through life. So I don't think there's anything that we can do that's more important than teaching our kids God's Word. Amen. I was uh, sharing Sunday, and I used a missionary, Darlene Dibler, as an illustration. And she was saying uh, when she was in a prisoner of war camp, she didn't have a Bible, but she had hidden God's Word in her heart. And that God would speak to her when she would share her story. Almost always it was just with Scripture verses that she had Mm. memorized or that she had just read that the Lord would bring back to her mind through the Spirit and um, that's how God speaks to us uh, primarily is, is through his word. And so I love the little songs that you would get uh, <laughs> because, you know, and, and you had shared, you don't have to be a great singer to to teach your kids little songs. And scripture does, it's easier to memorize in a song. It is. Just think about it. A lot of the scripture uh, was really, I mean, that was they were songs. And I think that's, one way that the, you know, the early Christians memorized too. I mean, that's just my guess, but, you know, and like you said, you don't have to have a good voice. And I, I, I heard this statement, what's learned in song is remembered long. And mm. just think of all the commercial jingles you remember and all the, all the crazy songs you wish you didn't have in your head. <laughs> well, it's better to, to have scripture songs in your head. And there are a lot of good ones that, you know, you can hear um, uh, these Christian artists sing. But I didn't have, uh, I, d- I didn't really have the advantage of knowing a lot of those. And so I just had to make them up. And the Lord just gave them to us, the silly tunes or tunes we already knew and so we probably memorized hundreds over the years. Um, but like you said, I don't have a good voice. And you don't need a good voice. You just, and you don't even need a good, uh, a good ability to, to uh, put things together. I think God enables you to do that because um, that was my heart. I really had a heart to teach my kids um, the word. The first one I made, I made because uh, the first scripture tune I made, I remember being in the Philippines and it was a scary time and uh, because, you know, well, there were so many challenges and my husband left us in the home of uh, a missionary home where missionaries came and went. They thought we would be safe. He thought we would be safe as he left to go secure a home on another island 
And while he was gone, a robber broke into the missionary compound and then into our room. And so after that, everyone in the whole compound was afraid. I thought, I don't want my kids to be afraid. There's got to be a verse for that where there are lots of verses about fear. But I made up a tomb. And that's probably one of the first that I made is, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. You can tell the version of the Bible I had at that time. In God whose word I praise, in God I put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere men do to me? When I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. And, you know, that that tune enabled my kids to do crazy things and enabled me, too, because when I taught it to my kids, I actually I had to memorize it as well. And so we had a lot of... A lot of crazy experiences. We had a, play, a time when tanks would come down our streets and bullets were flying overhead where, you know, there were little coups all around us. And yet we weren't afraid, and it helps to go straight to that tune that we know. When I am afraid, I will put my trust, you know, put our trust in God. And that's what we needed. Amen. That's Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. And yes, it uh, is. Such, such great verses. I taught my kids those verses too. And so, Pam, it is uh, so great to talk to you. When we come back after the break, uh, let's talk a little bit about Tim and uh, how it was parenting him. So don't go away. A former slave trader turned pastor a ministry-minded politician, and a former slave turned merchant. What do they have in common? The end of slavery in England, an amazing grace that only comes through Jesus Christ. I'm Charles Morris. Join me for Haven Today all week and a series called Grace Unshackled. Haven Today, weekday mornings at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Listen online at AFR.net. Oh, Lord, please let me make it. Please, Lord. Come on, come on. American Family Association or American Family Radio. I missed the show again. Can't find the time to catch the live shows? No worries. Wait, what? You can listen and download all your favorite shows for free. For free? That's right, for free. Just visit the podcast page on AFR.net. Lord. AFR.net. Hey, this is Bart Millard from Mercy Me, and I have some awesome news. There is a way to break free from drug addiction, no matter how hopeless things might seem. I progressed over a series of years from prescription opiates to heroin, and it nearly cost me my life twice. I found my brother overdosed, and while he was being tended to by paramedics and police officers, I ran and, in my fear, used the rest of the drugs and really took a good look at myself in the mirror for the first time and wondered where I'd went and where my soul was. Teen Challenge seemed to be the answer. I felt a new hope through Christ. I have a new life, and before I was living to die, Christ died for me to live. Adult and Teen Challenge helps people find a life of freedom, and they offer a variety of services. If you or a loved one is ready to end an addiction, you can call toll-free at 1-855-END-ADDICTION or visit them online at teenchallengeusa.org. You're listening to American Family Radio. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied 
after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. And welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking to Pam Tebow, and we're talking about parenting and uh, raising up godly kids. Well, Pam, I was uh, listening to an interview that you and Bob did some years ago with Focus on the Family and uh, Jim mm-hmm. Daly, and uh, Bob had shared about praying, uh, I guess it was in 1986, toward the end of 1986, that God would give uh, you guys a preacher in the family. <laughs> right. He did. Maybe he prayed for a preacher. And you got Tim. We did. We did. It wasn't, it wasn't all that easy because we, we were told to abort him. And, um, we knew that we'd prayed for a son and that, you know, I was pregnant. And so we, uh, you know, that's a long story, but it's a good pro-life story because we did not abort him, obviously. But we're so grateful because, you know, he's had a tremendous influence. And, you know, I feel like we should raise all our kids to be influential, uh, that, you know, to have an impact on the people that uh, they encounter as they go through life. And so that was a, another goal of ours is to to have kids that impact the people around them um, for Christ. And so I think, again, Scripture is another avenue for that, Um so I think, you know, in, in talking about Timmy and raising him, he learned from his siblings, but he also had to memorize a lot of scripture. And, and some of them were, were very um, important, like to let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips, because he was a, an athletic star from the time he played t-ball. And people were always trying to, um, you know, pat him on the back or praise him and, and um he just refused to talk about himself because of that verse. It was just like there was a blockade. Let somebody else praise you. You can't do it. So he could not brag about himself, and he'll tell that story. And I think that's how you um, prepare your kids for life. And another thing he did was, um, and we taught him, a prudent man sees evil and he, hide it, and he hides himself, Na- the naive proceed and pay the penalty. And, of course, these are all to tunes, but... You know, he would, as a little boy, would, if there was something, he'd pass a sign, and there were lots of signs that they shouldn't have had in the Philippines when we lived there and he was growing up. Um, He would put his little chubby little hands over his eyes when he'd (laughs) see something that he shouldn't see because of that verse, because it says a prudent man sees evil and he hides himself. I'll just never forget that. It's just I have that clear image in my head of him putting his hands over his eyes. But, you know, you want him to do that as a child because you want him to do that later in life. Amen. That they're not drawn to evil. They're not drawn in by by evil. And another verse we taught him 
was the greatest among you will be a servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And again, this was to a tune, but, you know, we even had hand motions. But we wanted him (laughs) (laughs) to learn that, you know, and, and I guess that prepared him a lot. Uh, as an athlete, to serve his to serve his teammates, to serve the people, to not have the attitude that he was all that, and I think that's that really did um, have a a lot to do with the fact that he started his foundation. Um, he saw his dad serve. He, he saw his dad serve uh, the least of these in the Philippines, whether it was orphans or people that didn't know Christ, and those with special needs. And that was um, that impacted Timmy so much because he was we were on a uh, a mission trip and um, he witnessed uh, them carting away a special needs boy because uh, they were embarrassed that the Americans would see the special needs boy and he never got over that he went and found him uh, two of his friends took him away and he went and found those three boys and he shared Christ with all three of them because he he had to make sure that they were you know that they knew Jesus. But it left such an impression on his little mind because he realized that he needed to serve people like that. You know, who he doesn't, who's going to do it? So I think that led to his his ministry that he, you know, has with those with special needs. The night to shine that just took place mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, and um, and he's gone on to establish orphanages and and safe houses and. Um, has a home for babies that are being discarded and all of that because he realized from that verse, the greatest among you, you know, it's not that star athlete is not the straight A student. It's if you're a servant. You know? So I think again, that verse had such an impact on him and we're grateful for that. All our kids have, have really taken that to heart, but you know, Timmy's just the most well-known one, but anyway, he's not perfect by any means, but no. but we're grateful that, you know, God is using the platform that he's given him uh, to really impact people and then impact, and not just impact the people with special needs, but help the world to see that they are worth serving. Right. Amen. He's done such a great job. Now, what's the, what's the age gap between Christy and Timmy? Um, she was 12 when he was born. And okay. So we have, you know, Three in between them, but yeah, she was twelve. It felt like she was right. a second mommy at times. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, now, let me ask you this, Pam, because when you have some uh, a son that is so famous, and yeah, I mean, when he was winning the Heisman Trophy and national championships, and um, you know his his prayer and the John three sixteen under his eye black and all the things that were taking place. Um, how did that affect the dynamics of your family? I guess all the other kids were, were out of the house, and so nobody right. was living at home then. But still, right. that's that's a lot for a family to have somebody that is that famous in the family. Well, it helped that he was the youngest and that, you know, they all were, you know, they all had some successes in their own right, just not quite as, um, you know, worldwide, but... <clears throat> It helped that Timmy's, you know, he's not bragging about himself. That's why I said that verse, um, let another praise you and not your own mouth. And he, so he didn't, he didn't brag about himself. And that really helped. I think he's, he's told us since that it was that verse that put a blockade against ever saying something about himself, which, you know, it helps to, to draw people to you 
if you're talking about yourself, you're pushing them away, I think. And so they all felt really comfortable. They were so happy for him. They joined in the fun, and they all got to to be part of the fun. And he always included them, and so I think that was a big part of it, that they were grateful. They had prayed for him, and, you know, they they got to go to the Heisman Celebration, and they got to get in on, on, on a lot of the the events that Timmy was invited to, and they got to see the national championship and um, those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think it was a two-way street. They had to they had to humble themselves and realize, you know, they're never going to be maybe have that kind of limelight. And then he had to do his part and not um, taking it that seriously, you know, not bragging about himself or making making other people think that he was all that. So I think it, it goes both ways. And it's it's a hard dynamic in families, but you have to keep working at it because it's important. Right. It's, it's maybe the most important thing because, you know, he's had his ups, but when he's had his downs, when he lost the game, you know, when, when his dream didn't work out, then his family was there for him. You know, other people might, might you know, walk away, but... His, his brothers and sisters loved him the way he was, and his parents did. And so I think you need that kind of um, that kind of love, love that loves you when you're not the star of the show and you don't make, you know, don't win the game. You don't get how the did, trophy. How did you guys, especially you and Bob, when you know when when somebody's real famous, then people take shots at them, and people have said some terrible things about, you know, just criticizing. Tim, uh, you know, all over the map. Um, they don't like the way he combs his hair or whatever it might be. As a parent, when your child is being attacked like that, h- how did you respond to that? Well, I, um, first place, I didn't read those things. I just couldn't. As a mom, I, I, I couldn't go there. I didn't listen to that reporter or I didn't, you know, read that article and I know they were out there everywhere, but I just didn't do it. My husband probably did, and so he responded differently than I did. But, you know, as a mom, it just hurts your heart. So I, you know, I, I couldn't respond, and I and I didn't respond. Um, and Bob, he um, he probably read some of them, but he had to, you had to give it to the Lord, just like you do anything else, you know, because we have no control over that, and we're not going to, going to fuss at the, we're not going to write um, them back. No, we're not right. going to discuss it. <laughs> right. We don't want to be in some argument. We don't want to be that parent. Um, yes. That just doesn't make you know, our family look good. It doesn't make God look good. And we represent him to the world. And so we really had to think through those things. And then we had to be there and help our son through those disappointments. So we couldn't, we had to be the example you know, we couldn't get carried away. We had to be that example to him and to other people that were looking on. Amen. So. I remember, Pam, uh, you may not remember this, but we had, when you were when you were in Texarkana, I took you to see a lady in our church, uh, Sue Dowd, uh, mm-hmm. a, just such a sweet lady. And uh, in the car, you told me we were talking about the New England Patriots and how Tim mm-hmm. had, had tried out and then uh, didn't make it. And you said these words to me. You said, we do not do bitter. Right. I loved right. that. So, <laughs> so, but that's, that's easier said than done. So how do you not do bitter? Because we have lots of listeners that have had things happen. And uh, 
man, it, it has made them bitter, especially if someone attacks one of their kids. Absolutely. Um, We've all had things in life that make you bitter. Um, there's a verse that we memorized a long time ago. Um, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I put it to a tune. And it's probably been the most impactful verse for me um, because, you know, I've had challenges just like our kids do. And I, every time that verse is a reminder um, that I can thank the Lord and you thank Him by faith, not because you just love the situation or the circumstance you're in, but because you trust Him. That shows Amen. our faith. And that's Amen. what we taught our kids. All right. We're talking to Tam Pe- Pam Tebow. Don't go away. We'll be back after the break. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. We are not allowed to have a U-Haul that comes to heaven with us. Anna Marie Travers has an AFA Foundation charitable gift annuity. The Lord has given us uh, things that we can uh, acquire, but you know, everything will stay here. And I'm so thankful for for the American Family uh, Annuity Fund where we can give some to something that we so highly value. Through the AFA Foundation, a charitable gift annuity provides a monthly income as well as a legacy of support for the American Family Association. I cannot uh, recommend a a better person than uh, they have at AFA to help you with getting your annuity fund It was so easy. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800-326-4543, extension 345. Hi, and welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, filling in for Dan Celia. We are talking to Pam Tebow, uh, the mother of five wonderful children and uh how many grandchildren pam is it five i have 10 we just had number 10 right before ten. Christmas. oh wow right well That's when you a have bunch. a lot of kids and you you hope to have a lot of grandkids yeah for sure so your grandkids ages are from what to what well from newborn to uh, ju- one that just turned 15 so wow okay so do they live close no one, none of them lives close, but that gives us an opportunity when we get together, we really get together. You know, we have to be all there. So, you know, um, Timmy and his wife, Demi, live in our city, but all the rest are spread out. Um, they're where God led them, and we're happy for them. 
you know, that they're yeah. productive. And, and, but we do get together. We, we like to get together as a family. Yes, that's important. I saw the picture on your website with everybody in it, just such a beautiful family. And, oh. uh, well, we clean Tim, up for pictures, you know how uh, yeah, that is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tim, Tim is massive. He's he what? is just a, oh, well, he's massive. Yeah, yeah, he works out. <laughs> he is so big. Now, is it Rob? Robbie's pretty big too, isn't he? Yeah, he Robbie also Tim? played college football, so he's, he, yeah, that's true. But he he doesn't still work. I mean, he still is active, um, but is, you know, doesn't work out to the extent that Timmy still does. I think he's, you know, he enjoys yeah, I, it. I wouldn't imagine those brothers want to wrestle with him. <laughs> you know, they they did growing up, but um, and they had a great time together. It was it was fun to see three boys. Um, just we live on a fairly big piece of property, and and their dad believed in hard work, so that's how he taught them how to work hard: is give them chores to do. You know, we had a a big yard, so he bought three push mowers. So they all oh. had to, <laughs> he wanted yes. them to, he didn't want them just to, you know, empty the garbage. He, they needed a little more work ethic than that. And I think it uh, really took, because they all have a good work ethic. But, you know, that's, again, that's how you teach kids. You just start at the beginning. They just, it doesn't automatically happen. Right. Well, from what I can gather uh, of Bob, Bob's very disciplined and very methodical in how he approaches things and uh, obviously did a great job in leading his family and, and loving his wife and loving his kids. And uh, so he, he has been an encouragement, a great encouragement to me. Uh, as oh, I mentioned, I that. well, he is a special guy. Uh, here's what I love about your husband. Uh, he speaks the truth in love. He loves mm-hmm. people, but he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He sure doesn't. <laughs> I mean, That's he's true, straightforward. Deb, you know him well. <laughs> Uh, I love Amy just loved being on the mission trip with Bob. Mm, she said, and he enjoyed her. She did a wonderful job. Her heart was really in it. Yeah, she wanted to go back so bad, and when she got out of school, she wasn't able to get off work to do that. But uh, Pam, let me ask you this: because mm-hmm. um, you and I raised our kids in a different different time. And it's a lot harder today for young moms with all the temptations that their kids are exposed to that, you know, we didn't have when my kids were little. There wasn't internet. Uh, there wasn't social media. There wasn't any of that. Um, cell phones. So, cell phones, for sure. Uh, how would you do it? And as you see your your children raising their children, how do parents set up safeguards so that they can keep their kids, just like you said, you know, Tim hiding his eyes from bad billboards and things like that. Uh, how would you do it today or what advice would you give moms today? Well, I am not in that position, but I watch how my daughters are doing it and my sons, and they're they're very careful about not giving them a cell phone when they're too young, and when they do, they have all kinds of guards on it. You know, I, I, I don't even know how you set all those up, but they do. And uh, because they, if they're in school or wh- wherever they are, they may need to contact a parent, but they have so many safeguards on the phone, on the computer, and, that's, and they're supervised when they're working with the computer because there's so much, you know, they're not allowed to get on the Internet without some instruction. It's just... I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that, but I pray for them. I pray for my grandchildren as they are exposed to so much that 
you know, God will protect them because it is it is a parent's role, I think, to try to um, do as much as you possibly can to keep them from seeing evil, you know, um, to protect those little eyes from evil. And there's lots of that around from the, the programs on television. You know, I remember we used to have some kind of a, a device on our TV that would block out every bad word. <laughs> yes, we had that too. I don't even have that anymore. Did you have that too? <laughs> yeah, it was called cuss-free TV. Oh, maybe, maybe that was it. But, you know, even a Disney movie might have that on it. And so, but now there's just, there's so much available. So it is really a tough job. Um, I didn't have to to deal with what they're dealing with, what my kids are dealing with, with their children. But I know they all take it seriously and they're trying really hard to, to not only keep them from it, but to teach them why that they need to safeguard their own minds and hearts. So it's it's a battle. I know it's such a spiritual battle. And then they pray, and we pray for them. You know, that's yes. grandparents. We pray for them because we we want them to be safeguarded, and you know from the the evil one. Well, now all five of your children know the Lord, love the Lord. They're walking with the Lord. That's is that correct? Right. Okay. It is. And, and the and the grandkids have they been like your oldest grandchild? Does... Oh yes, um, they've all gotten even uh, even some of the younger ones. Um, you know, sometimes when you're the firstborn, um, you get you can get saved pretty early, and uh, but and because you grow up in a Christian home. But yeah, there. I mean, the babies haven't yet. We've got some little ones, sure. but um, all the older ones, all the ones probably five and above, are, are already know Jesus. And we're so grateful for that. We don't take that for granted. And we, you know, we pray. We have we have spiritual birthdays. That was a, something we did in our home is that we celebrated it every year. Because oftentimes when you receive Christ at a young age, you might not remember all the details. So right. every year on that day, we'd, we'd have another party, you know, any excuse for a party. They loved it. But then we'd recall the events, you know, exactly what happened oh. when you asked Jesus to be your Savior. And, you know, so... Uh, that I is a that's, great that's idea. Something. Oh, uh, I just well, you want to you want to make sure they remember it and they don't start to doubt their salvation, because again, we have an enemy that that will try to make them uh, think maybe well, maybe I wasn't saved. Well, maybe this was, you know. So it's important, I think, to cement that in their minds that it did yeah. happen and they are saved. Amen. Okay, now Pam, when your kids were little, who was the disciplinarian in the home? Well, um, you can probably guess it was my husband, but, you know, he he traveled a lot because right. he would go to these crazy um, places to share. He's an evangelist, so he would be sharing the gospel here and there. And so I just couldn't let it go. Um, and so I had to. It was, it was um, you know, you discipline in love, and you would tell them that. You would tell, remind them why you were disciplining them. And that wasn't the easiest thing for me. But you discipline them. The scripture says you discipline because you love. You know, that's how God disciplines us, because he loves us, and he can't let us get away with things that are going to to change our character and our lives and our reputation. And so we do the same with our kids. We we have to discipline them because we love them. And yes, I, it wasn't my... Uh-oh. I think we might have lost Pam. Um uh-oh. Well, I, I think she was going to say that wasn't her natural, normal temperament. That's a lot. Bob is very disciplined in his personality. And so he was going to be naturally 
better at at the discipline part. But with him being gone a lot, uh, Pam had to learn to do that. I know in our family, uh, we had a wooden spoon, and the girls all knew. I had, we have three girls; they're two years apart, and uh, they all knew. Okay, that's that was what you got disciplined with. We never spanked with our hand; we always spanked with a, a little wooden, well, not little, but a wooden spoon. And uh, you didn't have to do it very much. Uh, you know, one pop with that or two uh, got their attention. And uh, for me, uh, a dad who is just just so in love with his his little girls. It might have been a little harder for me to spank them than it was for Debbie because, you know, girls, moms see through girls, dads see through boys. And there is uh, obviously a, a different kind of connection between a, a dad and daughters and a mom and sons. And so uh, that's just kind of that opposite sex thing working. Well, just wanted to encourage you today, moms and dads, uh, to not give up. It is a hard fight um, to train up godly children. The devil wants to destroy families. And one of the best things that you can give your kids, moms and dads, is a good marriage. And if, if, if your children grow up in a home where mom loves dad and dad loves mom, and there is a genuine uh, just connection in the home and a, and a love in the home and a warmth to the home and a building up of um, a husband builds up his wife, a wife builds up her husband, and kids love that. One of the things that w- that we loved uh, as our kids were growing up is their friends like to come to our house because they could just sense, hey, there, there's peace here, there's love here, there's fun and joy here. Um, a Christian home ought to be a fun place. Uh, you know, in the Lord's presence is fullness of joy, and in His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And so, it's it's exciting and fun to be in the presence of the Lord. It says of Jesus, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. People would, little kids would wait in line just to sit in Jesus' lap because He was so. Uh, magnetic and just to be around him, to be in his presence. Well, that's how a Christian home should be. It should be a fun place. Yes, we deal with difficulties. Yes, we deal with problems. Yes, we deal with with struggles, but we trust the Lord and, and Pam and Bob have done that with their kids and you and I can do it with our kids. Well, it's been so wonderful to be with you. And on behalf of Pam Tebow, I want to say thanks for being with us and uh, go out today and shine for Christ and share his story. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.